With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Go ahead. All right. Welcome tonight. This has been an NHL offseason unlike any other, uh, Lord knows, since uh, 2007. Um, the Penguins did not make it for the first time since then. Um, and there is more questions we have now on, on the future of the franchise than we probably had since then. Um, cause it's a very unsettling, uh, um, very unsettling future at this point in time. Um, JT, let me ask you, we've had a lot of criticism in goal and we have our top goalie, uh, as a, uh, a pending free agent. What do you, what do you think, uh, the pen should do about Jari. But twenty million dollars is what we got under the cap. A little bit over twenty million. Um, we only have fifteen guys under contract. It looks like we have sixteen, but Jack Johnson don't play for us anymore. That's that's a, that's a joke of a guy. But we need. Um, I don't think Jari's the answer here. Um, the injury, the injury history, and I'm gonna I'm gonna step it back a little bit and say the Penguins. This is what's weird about this offseason is I don't think the new GM should try to build this team to win for a year because no matter what, this, this team's hurt and this team's got to start got to start signing some young guys and start building and try to get something around Gensel and Rust in the, in the future like that because I don't think they need too much to win a, win a Stanley Cup right now. For them to try to win it all in one offseason is not going to happen. So I think they should make baby steps. And I know people in Pittsburgh won't want to hear that, but I would go after um, a younger, maybe like a – like a backup type goalie from another team. That's that's a young guy. That maybe you know once he gets put in a starting position, he'd be all right. Um, I let Dumoulin go. I think Dumoulin's. Um, I hate to say, it, but he, he's almost like that. Brooks, how Brooks Orpik got late in the career, just you know, a step slow. Um, his, his aggressiveness just doesn't make up for for being a step slow anymore. And, and Zucker's going to get probably. He made five point five last year. I'm thinking he's going to shoot for six and a half seven. And I'm not spending one third of my uh, my cap money remaining on Zucker. So I think the Penguins go out and sign multiple free agents that are younger. I mean, in a perfect world, I would love um, Max Domi to be a four or five million dollar guy, but he's not going to be. He's going to be a, 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 a he made himself get a huge raise during the Stanley Cup playoffs. So that takes him out of the equation. But I would go after young, young players that could help you build a little bit. And I. I'm sorry, big three, but we we need too much, way too much. Emmett, uh, Zucker might might be the most important free agent uh, they they have to sign, but with so many holes, is he worth uh, the money it'll take to get him? Uh, that's an interesting way of putting it. Um, he's absolutely the kind of player they need if they want to return to being competitive. Uh, but JT is 100% right. They're probably going to get outbid for services, uh, you know, as to what they have in terms of cap space and what they need. Uh, you know, that that just might be a bridge too far. Um, Joe, 
Dumoulin, and I mean, Dumoulin in my eyes is, is a man who uh, you don't even consider signing at this point in time, um, past his prime. Is there any defenseman out there? Because while we talk about bottom six players we're in desperate need of, I think we're in desperate need of putting somebody in front of the goaltenders who are going to uh, help their cause a little bit. Um, are there any defenders out there uh, that you would look at for a, a new Penguin GM to go after? Well, yeah, actually, uh, there are two. Uh, I think that depending on what the new GM wants to build the team and, and the identity of the team, they can he can go in two different directions. I would look at either Ryan Graves, who is a big six foot five defender, very aggressive, has a little bit of an offensive flair, not much. He had seven goals and I think 17 assists last year or something like that. But he was plus 28. Uh, and that's like Dumo numbers back in the day, like cup days. Um, and with his size uh, and his aggressiveness in front of the net, you you can get a guy like that. He's he's not going to – he sure, he could play on the other side of Latang and, and, and kind of fill in where Dumo sort of has failing hands now. I think, you know, Graves could step up and do that. And he would be affordable. Uh, or you can go in the different direction. I know a couple of years ago the Penguins were looking at Noah Hannafin before the Carolina uh, Hurricanes traded him to – uh, Calgary, and he's had a you know a really good career up there. He's a lot more of a puck moving, fast skating, you know, standard Penguins offensive defenseman. Um, does he replace Dumo? I mean, who plays that defensive defenseman position when Latang's wheeling and dealing and, and being offensively creative? Uh, it's not going to be Noah Hannafin. It would be Ryan Graves, but I think that. You know, the fact that they've got issues there, um, that might be some. But I think I, I don't think they go wrong. It just depends on the direction that the new GM wants to go in. Those are the two guys I would look at, though. All right. Um, well, a lot of those are going to be uh, decided when we get a new GM here. Um, and, and real fast, let's let's um hmm. let's give Dumoulin a little bit of some credit because he is the guy that was always left out to. um left hung out to drive for a lot of times by Latang. I mean, as much as I love Chris Latang and he does a lot of great things, guy makes a lot of boneheaded plays and, and Dumoulin's always seemed to be the guy that was on the, uh, on the camera, on the ice, whenever uh, the other team would score a lot of times. And he is he's slower now, which makes it look worse, but um, I, I well, give Dumo that. Your, your, your point's well taken though, JT. If Dumo is willing to end his career in Pittsburgh and if he will take a diminished role and therefore take a diminished salary mm -hmm. in coming back, he could finish out uh, his, his playing time here, but players rarely do they think that way. I mean, he's not making Crosby or Malkin or Latang money. So he needs to maximize the money while he still can. And while he's in this league, I don't see him doing that, but if he was, you know, just wanted to be with the old gang and go out on good terms and realize that, all right, yeah, I can make a million dollars more somewhere else. Maybe, uh, you know, you know, he decides he's going to forfeit that to stay here to stay with the uh, with the cup guys and and go out on on you know win or lose or you know you know go out on your or carrying your shield or, or on it you know kind of thing. That's you know maybe we get him to change his mind, but I I honestly think he's he's gone. Do you, do you really and, and think that anybody's going to pay the money for him? What was that, Emmett? So unless he's willing to play for play for store credit in the team merchandise store, I don't even consider it. Uh, he's, he's one. Um, yeah, and, give him a shirt at half off. Yeah, exactly. And so yeah. if the, you know the first the first spot 
to uh, to, to filling, fleshing out the defensive zone is going to go to Ty Smith, who had some bad luck. He's a former first-round pick. He was part of the the Petrie uh, uh, Matheson deal, so he'll he'll get the first crack. Uh, and he's still on an entry-level contract, which is what you need to to, to look for. And you know, JT is 100% correct that they need to go after younger players. The problem is those younger players aren't available because you don't hit. You know, you either have to do an RFA tender, which if they match, you know, you don't get the player, or you have to wait until they're 25 years old uh, at the earliest until they're available. So they're going to have to be creative, whether it's moving draft picks or, you know, you know, I don't want to move Pickering uh, and him having to go back to the, the OHL for another year. That's another, or the WHL, I mean, that's another uh, you know, stupid thing that they have to deal with, but this this new GM is going to have to be very creative. Yeah. Well, talk, talking about that, Emmett, um, the big big news the other day was uh, apparently reports had him focusing on Toronto's Cal Dubas, and uh, he basically said if he doesn't be in Toronto, uh, he's not going to be a general manager anywhere. They might step out of that. Um, it, would that have been a good move for the Penguins, or, or uh, uh, would that have been one that wouldn't have uh, done a good? Awful move. Awful move. Okay, so he has generational talents. They're actually younger than the players in Pittsburgh. Basically no third or fourth line. Questionable depth in, uh, on defense and, uh, you know, question marks galore uh, in goal. Where have I seen that for the last five years? Um, so, you know, the definition of insanity, let's get rid of, you know, after Rutherford and Hextall, let's bring in a guy that has the same damn MO. Brilliant strategy. Oh, man. Uh, Joe? Well, you know, I, go ahead. I'm sorry, David. I was just going to say, where, where would you like to see them go with this uh, choice? Well, you know, Dubis is off the board, whether it was Fenway Sports Group or Dubis or both, or he was never in play. So, you know, even though I think that was a sexy name um, based on Toronto's early exit again, uh, I, I don't think that was ever really in in the cards. In all honesty, I, I know that there are other names out there, too, uh, that we've heard about over the last couple of weeks with Peter Shirelli, who's now with the St. Louis Blues. Uh, as their vice president of hockey operations, and Mark Bergevin, who's a friend of Mario's and you know former Montreal, now with the Chicago uh, Blackhawks as their VP of hockey operations. I think neither of those guys are good fits for the Penguins either. I mean, these I don't want to say they're retreads, uh, but I'd rather give the reins to someone who you know is an up and coming guy or someone that they they they're familiar with, right? So even though you hear those names over and over and over again, JT mentioned at the at the top. Um, about uh, you know the assistant general manager and what he was referring to is Eric Tulski from um, from Carolina, uh, and then there's this random rogue thought up out there about John Chaka from Arizona. Um, now Chaka's young. He I, I think what Tulski and Chaka bring is what Fenway Sports Group wants. They love analytics guys. Both those guys are analytics guys. Uh, I think Chaka. You know, he burned a lot of bridges over the last couple of years. He's got baggage, right? Like he was holding private workouts and, and combines cost 
the Coyotes a, a couple of picks. He was interviewing while he was still under contract with Arizona. He was going to take the New Jersey Devils job, and he got caught doing that. So, I, you know, I'm not sure they want to start out with that kind of controversy. I'm not saying that guy doesn't have the talent to do it. He probably could. Um, but I, it's, I just get the feeling it's Eric Tulski. No, if you want to go in-house and it's not a guy like Bergevin who's been here with Mario, maybe it's a guy like Jason Carmanos who comes back in. He was in the Penguins front office. He was in Atlanta, or excuse me, Tampa. He was, um, I want to say he was in what the Kings most recently or Dallas or one of the two, they were up and down. Uh, you know, and I think that that maybe from that perspective, but if I had to choose, I like Matthew Darsh from Tampa Bay um, only because I think he would build a team that this city is used to seeing. He, he would, he, you know, there's a guy that was there for the last two Stanley cups, um, you know, that, and, and is in need of a promotion. He's still relatively young, he's 43 years old. Uh, and, you know, but here's a guy that builds teams on speed, builds teams on offense, knows, you know, uh, the conference. I honestly think that if I had to choose, I would go in that direction. So maybe that's a bit of a, I don't want to call that a, a wild card, but I haven't heard his name enough. And I'm surprised I haven't because of the recent success of Tampa. Now I know they had an early exit, um, you know, but I think, you know, I think someone like him would be exciting and something that Penguin fans can embrace because they know the direction they're going to be building their team in. But, you know, at this point, you know, I, from what I understand, Fenway's interviewed 10 to 12 folks are narrowing it down. I also heard a, just today about Stan Bowman, uh, <laughs> son of Scotty Bowman. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, <laughs> hey, look, I'm just telling you what I heard. So for what that's worth, and but everybody's name is getting thrown into the pot right now. There was a guy that had success in Chicago, got caught up, same sort of like different kind of scandal, obviously, than than what Cheka had, but, you know, ultimately did he pay his penance? He went down the U.S. USA hockey, the Olympic team there. Is he ready to return? Is he out completely? But th that was a name that I literally just heard today from some local folks that are in the know. So, um, but I, I would, I would say Matthew Darsh would be my number one with Eric Tulski being number two. Now I have heard a rumor that Kenny Pickett is also being interviewed. <laughs> Um, just to you throw that name out there. Uh, uh, oh, only Dave can work in a, can I pick it? Yeah, <laughs> on a hockey podcast. I had a podcast with his I mean, Out of curiosity, Dave, when's, you, when's your birthday? I need enough time to save up to buy you a new joke. I'm going to beat this joke until the living tar is beat out of it. And so by the way, Joe, Joe named Joe named all the all the other guys that were involved. Well, he missed, well, he missed, JT, let me let me throw one by you. Um, Jason Botterill. That's the name I was just going to say, Jason Botterill. What, um, what do you What do you think he would? Uh, I mean, he certainly played a, a great role on the last two Stanley Cup champions. How do you think he'd uh, he'd be as a GM here? I like the fact that he's from here. I mean, he's, he's been in the organization, and he was you know he he wasn't running the show. But the bad thing is, he was here when Rutherford was running the show, and he's he, you know if he if he picks stuff up from him, I don't want that. But um. Botterill's a name I'm thinking starting to pick up some steam. Um, uh, I agree with the Cheka thing. He's only 33 years old too, Cheka. He's a he's a he's a 33 year old with a lot of uh, like you said um, baggage. Well, yeah, baggage. But he has a lot of what what uh, the Fenway Sports Group likes. And we got to remember too, this is our first big hiring um, 
basically with that Lemieux being really involved. So I think that takes Berger in out. I think I think uh, Bergevin's a, a nice name to have thrown in there, but I, I can't see us going with Bergevin. Um, I think Botterill has an opportunity. I really do. I think if they if they look at some of the stuff that he maybe he did as an assistant GM, where you know. Um, I know you don't really get much credit because you, you're, you're underneath uh, Rutherford at the time. He's trading every number one draft pick away for us. But um, I, I like what, what Joe said about Matthew Dorsch. Um, I, I think you can't wait for the Carolina guy. I mean, what if they win this series against Florida? Are you going to hire him like a, a day before the draft pretty much? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this, this, this I think the Stanley Cup's over, I think, what, six days or five days before the before the draft? If it goes seven That's games. And, then, and that would then be, that would be also- very there's the wild card that a lot of people consider Tulski's already the GM in Carolina, that they'll just finally make it official to move Waddell upstairs, make him president and alternate governor and just promote Tulski. Uh, but I think between that possibility and, and like you said, JT, um, you can't bring in a GM uh, a couple of days before the draft and two weeks before free agency uh, and the one thing I will say uh, in favor of Botterill is because when he was with the Penguins, uh, his his biggest reputation was he was a master of the cap. I mean, he was an absolute genius. And whoever the next GM is, is going to have to perform some kind of financial gymnastics. And yeah. Botterill's already proven uh, he can do that. And they and, and Scranton Wilsbury, when he kind of was overseeing that operation, had their best years uh, while he... Uh, while he had that as his duties. Well, I, I will say two two things in favor of, of Penguins GM being hired a couple of days before the draft. They just have the one pick, so not, not a ton of research in it. But they did hire Chuck Knoll one day before he chose uh, Joe Green as his first pick, and he did pretty good, I can say. So, you know, well, I, I'm not sure we want to build a model on uh, something that happened 60 years ago. I, I'm not sure that's sound analytics. That model won four Super Bowls, young man. So, well, and and you know what? Most governors have come out of Pennsylvania have come out of Belfont, but none of them have been elected since 1840. So, you know. Oh, oh come on, Emmett. But, well, Dave remembers um, that last election. Yes, he does. Oh. oh. Oh, you're killing me, man. You're killing me. I'll tell you. Anyways, um, Joe, we we talked about the goalie situation before. Um, is it goalies we need to to sign, or is it a, a more stout defensive unit in front of them? Because say what you want about as as challenged as they were, they had an awful lot of. Uh, very good scoring chances against them um, from, from, from a defense. What, what do you think is, is the main focus uh, between those two? Well, you know, I think that they have, they have a number of problems, right? We've, we've kind of outlined that they have a number of problems, not a lot of money to solve them. And um, you know, goalie is number one among them. I, I, I agree with JT's assessment earlier. Tristan Jari had a chance. Uh, unfortunately, that might have been cut short based on, uh, you know, an injury history that rumors have might be chronic. Uh, at, at best, he's injury prone. Uh, and that's not good with knowing that Casey DeSmith is the backup. Maybe he's DeSmith for a game, maybe two. Um, but, you know, he's more of a quad A kind of guy. I, I just, you know, I think they really, re- if they want to be competitive, they're going to have to address that. And, and Jari, as stupid as this is going to sound, 
is going to be in a weak goalie free agent market. He's going to be somebody that's going to get overpaid and the Penguins don't have the money to overpay him. So I think even if we wanted to have him back, he'll land somewhere else and get paid more than we could afford him. And that might be a you know a blessing in disguise for us. I think that the people that I've talked to here are the cheerleaders to get Johnny Gibson back uh, into uh, in in Pittsburgh. But that trade is going to be expensive. They're going to look for a first round. They're going to look for an NHL ready player. They're going to look, you know, for for something in return uh, that the Penguins likely won't be able to give up in return for him. And even though he might want to come here and Penguin fans want him here, I think the more likely candidate and the way they solve this is with Connor Hellebuck. I think he will be available um, on the trade market. He still has a year after this coming year under his contract. It's affordable. They're looking to make a move. The Penguins are looking to make a move. That might be the right marriage, what they have to give up there. Who knows? But I think that's the number one problem uh, is that we were just not dependable at all in goal last year. Uh, the defense can be addressed. Uh, sure, I mentioned Reeves. I mentioned Hannafin before uh, as some potentials. Emmett mentioned you know, Ty Smith is part of that. And I, but I still think there are guys they've got to try to move to make room to that, you know, the, the Petrus of the world. I, I, I don't, you know, Grandland, I don't know what they do with those guys. I, I just don't think Grandland, they, they should have never made that trade. Um, but, you know, I think the second, before you even get to defense, I think the problem they've got is they have no production on their third line center. You know, uh, Carter is two years too long in the tooth. And that contract that Hextall gave him is a curse. It's a, a lodestone around the neck of this team right now. Uh, Benino, sure, but you know he hasn't. He's not the Benino we all remember from seventeen and eighteen, um, where you know they were singing songs about the guy. You know this is not the HPK Benino, right? This is the mid thirties Benino, uh, and you know he might be better suited for limited time on the fourth line, power you know, penalty killing things like that on and move them to the wing and stuff. So I, I, I think my, my three, if I had to choose, I'd say goalie one, I'd say third line center, a legitimate third line, someone that's going to put pucks in the net for you. I'm not talking about, it can't, it doesn't have to be John Cullen to, you know, to conjure up a name from the past, but it's gotta be a guy that at least has a, is going to be able to threaten to score. And we just don't have that in our bottom six right now. Uh, and, and lastly, I think the third priority, even above defenseman for me, is is really, you know, I, I honestly think they've they got to figure out what they want to do with Jake Gensel, right? I, I, Gensel is a $6 million a year against the cap. That's a bargain. Here's a guy that is, you know, had 36 and 40 goals in the last two years. Now he's playing with Crosby, granted that, but his, he's only 28 and he becomes an unrestricted free agent after next year. So they're going to have to decide, do they extend him now and get it done and eat it? But on the free market, he's going to make a lot more than $6 million a year. There are going to be teams out there that are grabbing this guy in the meat of his prime uh, and can put him on a line somewhere else where it's going to make it. And so if the Penguins are going to do it, they're going to it's going to eat up that cap that JT mentioned earlier or else they're going to move him. And he might be the most movable piece they have to get some of that talent back in, whether it's in the minors to rebuild in futures or a hockey deal where they're putting a player on the ice, a player for a player or a couple of players for a player to address some of these needs. So as much as I hate to see him go, it might be good to get him out of this because of the situation that we're in. They're never going to pay him nine, $10 million on the open market after next year. So do you move him now uh, and get as much as you can for it 
and, and or then go and look and try to grab a Tyler Bertuzzi or even a Tarasenko who had a down year that's a UFA that might look good on a Malkin line to replace Zucker, who also, I agree with them, they can't afford. Um, you know, I think there might be some holes that they can fill by moving Jake Gensel, and I know that's not the fan favorite or the fan-friendly thing to say, but I think that's got to be, you know, if I had a, you know, a hat trick of moves, I would say get Hellebuck, get a third-line center. There'll be plenty of them out there in the marketplace, or even get them in a trade with Gensel. And I think those are the three things I do, and then you can address the other free agents from there. Okay. Uh, JT, there are so many holes on the bottom uh, bottom two lines. Yeah, I, 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 is it I, is it is it feasible we can we can fill them and compete again, or is that just too daunting a challenge? I think I was just looking over to Ross. We had seven defensemen under a contract right now. We have four centers, and we have three. We only have three wingers under contract, and the three wingers are Malkin, Gensel, and Alexander Nylander. We just you know we just signed him to a. We just re re-signed him up. So that's our only three forwards under only three wingers under contract. Um that's why I'm saying you gotta you're gonna sign a bunch of one, two million dollar guys. I mean, like how they did a couple of years ago with uh like the Danton Hynans of the world. Hope they take up a million dollars, but you gotta get younger than them. You gotta get guys that are you gotta get them guys that are 25, 26 that are their first time in free agency. There's some out there. I I thought Max Domi was a guy that I would have liked to have had, but like I said, he's He's playing lights out right now with Dallas. He's going to be probably a six or seven million dollar guy now. So um, they have so many holes. I, I I agree with Joe. I think you have you have three guys right off the bat you can't trade. That's the big three, of course. And you got the fourth guy that you want to trade, but nobody in the world is going to take Jeff Carter. So that's four. That's four out of your fifteen right there that are unmovable. Uh, a fifth guy on that roster is Casey to Smith. You're not moving him. So you're basically you got to move Gensel or Russ, and I don't think Russ brings you back that much. Um, I love Jake Gensel, but I mean, if you're gonna try to if you're gonna try to rebuild this team, you got to made it be you got to let it be known that. And and I don't know if Crosby, Malkin, and I'm are gonna like that idea, but they got to realize that window's shut. That window's shut right now. It's not it's not open. There's no the Eastern Conference. I'm watching these playoff games. We, we couldn't compete with any of these teams in the final, final four or six. That I've been watching. They're just fast. And we penguins are just, they're, they're going to be two or three years away from being back in the playoffs unless something crazy happens. But I, I agree with Joe. I think Jake Gensel, you got to look at what he can bring you back. You might get an extra one. You might get a one and a prospect. Do it. I mean, start building that, start building that, um, that minor league system up. I mean, you're going to hate to compare the Penguins to the Pirates, but you're going to have to do something like that. You're going to have to start putting some bodies in there. We've been ranked 29th through third, either 29 down to 32 the last three years, the minor league system. So it's, it's time, time to make a change. Well, which is one of the problems with trading all your draft picks. And well, that's how, that's how a lot of teams um, um, supplement salary cap issues is they build a strong farm system. And when they bring those guys up, they're fairly cheap. Um, cheap to, to put in. But um, Emmett, the FSG has made the bold statement, we're competing for Stanley Cup champions. Is that feasible or are they just need to suck it up and start a, a rebuild? See, he's just looking at me with that Kenny Pickett disgust in his face. Emmett, are you there? You see that? I think he froze again. I, I, I think it was that whole picket thing. I'm, I'm sorry I made the joke, man. <laughs> um, Joe, what, we got to get a picture of that face of Emmett right there. That should be his uh, 
That should be that's the look that he gives you right after you say something about Kenny Pickett. <laughs> I know. Which, which you know, that's why I say the things about Kenny Pickett. You know, I enjoy that look. Um, let me throw that to you, Joe. Um, is it feasible they can compete for a Stanley Cup, or do you just need to suck it up and start the rebuild? Well, you know, I think they could. I think they can. Uh, you know, I I still think that Crosby's at the top of his game. Um, you know, I think Malkin and Latang weren't the problems last year. It was everything else on the team. You know, when you don't have goaltending, you can't win in this league. Uh, you know, and I think that we we do have an aging core in other places. Uh, but if if they if they were to find a way to move Gensel, I know that Carter has a no trade clause in his contract. But if you find the right place and you know it's a limited no trades, but you can you can move him. You know, and you you hey, if you're giving up Gensel and someone will take Carter along with him as part of the deal. Or, you know, you find, you know, if you're moving Gensel for futures, like JT suggested, and you're getting a first and 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 talent in the minors, then you're going to do that. Because if if you're looking at the model that you're describing, Dave, it reminds me of the Detroit Red Wings when the Penguins were playing them in that first Stanley Cup, when they were just, they, they, they were on the rise and they were better than they should have been earlier. And, you know, we saw Detroit starting to wane. And they still had those core players in Datsuk and Hedberg, uh, Johan Hedberg and 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 Hedberg. Hen- Henrik Zetterberg. Henrik. Zetterberg, thank you. I was stuck or staggering around. This is Zetterberg. You're saying the moose. Yeah, it, yeah. So I got Johan Hedberg in my head. Uh, but you know they had that core group, uh, but they had a minors. They had a minor league system where they were able to bring guys up, yep. and those guys stepped in inexpensively, and it made them good again. You know, and the Penguins started to do that with, you saw that with Rust and Sherry and a bunch of these other guys, you know, towards the end where they were inexpensive pieces, even Tom Kunockel, you know, where you got a guy from the minors, you pulled him up and he was able to play. They're bereft of that talent right now. So they do need to refill that. And I think the way they do it is if you move, if you can move on Gensel, you don't re-sign Zucker uh, and you're able to package up Petrie or Carter or both in, in a perfect world and move them on, you, you'll you'll have enough to go out and get some guys that will make us competitive again. I mean, as much as I, I love Jake Gensel as a player, you know, he's worth more to them in trade asset value than he is doing what he did because they can get another guy that will come in that will play with Crosby and still score 30 goals because he's playing with Sidney Crosby. I mean, Pasquale Dupuy, Dupuy scored 20 goals playing with Sidney Crosby. You know, they'll be able to find that. And even as, as much as I love Jake, it hurts me to say it. I think he's the way you do it. You, you open the door to competing and rebuilding by trading him and, or may, I hate like maybe even rust. I mean, as much as I think Russ is a, a great two-way player for this team and, you know, can really, uh, you know, be an asset uh, in the playoffs has proven that, you know, it, it might be time to, to move on from him, even though he just signed that really nice team-friendly deal last year. I mean, I think they end up keeping Russ. I think Gunsell's the trade piece. And by mm-hmm. the way, I messed up with that. It was um, the, the 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 wingers was Russ, not Malkin. I always I always consider Malkin a winger for some. I'm so back to the days when he started off with the Penguins, and he was always on Crosby's line, at, and they shifted in and out. But, but Malkin's a center, of course. It was Russ, Nylander, and uh, Gunsell as their wingers on the roster right now. So the question I had for you, Emmett, before uh, you shipped out, and, and JT took it over when he said uh, Kenny Pickett was more important to the city than uh, Sidney Crosby. But um, I didn't say that. <laughs> we, we were, what we were talking about was, are the Penguins close enough to do what FSG 
uh, feels, which is be a Stanley Cup contender, or do they just chuck it and, and start rebuilding? What What do you think? I think he froze again. <laughs> man. Yeah, every time you say pick, I think he's got something built into this computer, man. That, that it shuts down automatically? <laughs> pick it, pick it, pick it, pick it, pick it. <laughs> I think I think there's a lot of a lot of good points here. I think I think that Joe is right. The only way you can play there he is again. Emmett, you there now? Emmett, you there? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the, the, yeah. The question was, um, FSG made the claim that we we want to compete for Stanley Cups. Is that a pipe dream, or do you just start the rebuild now, or can they re make a be a Stanley Cup contender quickly? We can't hear you now. Pick it. <laughs> You're still, nothing's coming through, Emmett. <laughs> We're going to have to get a technical team on Emmett's ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's because you live out in the boons, man. <laughs> in the city. <laughs> All right. But we appreciate your opinion that uh, uh, Pickett is more important than any Penn State player in history. Um, <laughs> You're gonna have it. You yeah, I, I learned. I learned to read lips in my youth. Oh, <laughs> um, well, he's gonna hate you. <laughs> he loves me deep down. <laughs> well. uh, JT, any comments about our, our sponsor tonight? Key Bank, thank you so much. Uh, Key Bank was uh, another one of our great sponsors for our big event at. Uh, Stage AE, and if anybody's out there that that owns a company and wants to be a sponsor, um, get a hold of us. Uh, www.draft412.com. Get on the site, you can see what we do. Um, we got a lot of big things coming down the pike as well. We're gonna have some live um podcasts at at some of our sponsors. Um, we got some draft guides coming out. Uh, we're never we don't we don't sleep here at Draft 412. So, um, a lot of stuff coming down the pike. Um. Any young kids out there you want to write a, a guest article or something, just reach out. I mean, we're looking for some guest people to get their, their feet wet, you know, find the find the right kid that five years from now becomes a part of uh, Draft 412. So a lot of big stuff. But Key Bank, thank you. We, we, we couldn't say uh, thank you enough to all the sponsors that um, that that made uh, the, the uh, draft experience one of the most amazing nights of my life. I, probably, I appreciate that. Okay, I'm going to throw out a quick, quick question. One word or one, one answer. Uh, team you despise the most. I'm going to say the Los Angeles Lakers are mine. JT, uh, it's the Flyers. I, I, I no matter what the Flyers. If they had won the Bedard thing, I might have, I might have um, took, took, took the fifth. I just, I just, I um, I'm I, the Flyers have always been a team. No matter what, when I watch them, I, I don't think I've ever had a moment where I rooted for them. And and Joe. Baltimore Ravens. That was my second choice. Good. Good choice. Good choice. All right, gentlemen. Been a fun evening. Hopefully, uh, uh, next time we meet, we have a GM. We have uh, some promise uh, with, a, with a solid number one pick. And we have some direction that hopefully will make FSG happy. Um, and and Emmett has some Wi-Fi. Yeah. And Emmett has some <laughs> Wi-Fi. Exactly. Exactly. And I don't have a... a very badly worded uh, 10 paragraph uh, email coming my way. <laughs> the evils of Kenny Pickett. So, um, Thank you guys. For, you guys have a wonderful evening. All right. See you guys. guys.